welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. Next up on the ABCA podcast is NAI Assistant Coach of the Year, Matt Saliba. Weber International University Recruiting Coordinator guided the Warriors program to a 43-22 record and their first appearance at the NAI World Series. Coach Saliba is a Florida native attending Winter Haven High School where he was Polk County Player of the Year his senior season playing for his father. He attended Daytona State College for two seasons, Valdosta State for a year, and transferred back home to Weber for his senior season. He led Weber to their first regional bid in school history and was named ABCA Rawlings NAIA Gold Glove second baseman his senior season. After his playing career, former Weber head coach and current AD Brad Neathammer asked Coach Saliba to join his staff as student assistant. Coach Saliba has worked his way up and now wears many hats as recruiting coordinator and head JV coach. Let's welcome Coach Saliba to the podcast. Here with Matt Saliba, uh, ABCA, NAIA Assistant Coach of the Year, but recruiting coordinator at, at Weber, uh, also a JV head coach. So that's an interesting storyline we'll get into here. So thanks for jumping on with me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. I mean, were you surprised by this? There's a lot of assistant coaches out there. Were you surprised? Yeah, I, I was, to be honest. Um, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I knew I knew we had a good season and um, good year overall, but I wasn't expecting this at all. So it's, a, it's definitely a, uh, a great honor to, to get. So F- First World Series appearance, correct? Yes, first one in, in school history. And, and great tradition there. You know, and it just shows how hard it is to, to get there. At every level of college baseball, it's really hard to get to the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's tough. And we've been, it's something we've been working on for a while now. Um, we, I think when I came here as a player in 16, we made our first regional. Um, and then we've been consistently making regionals over the last few years and finally, finally punched our ticket. So it was good to see. Did you know coming into the year that you guys were going to be good? I mean, coming out of the fall, did you feel like you had a chance? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like we had a had a good chance. Uh, we had a, a great group of returning guys and brought in some new guys that I think were really going to help us, some some really talented players. And they all all meshed really well together and uh, just kind of carried it throughout the season. And they, they did a great job with it. So it was, it was fun to see them do that. High school guys or transfers out of your new players? 
Uh, predominantly transfers. Uh, typically with our varsity roster, we don't get too many freshmen that, that come in and play on our varsity right away. So we got some a lot of JUCO transfers and some four-year guys that, that stepped in and, and did a good job. You know, it looks like it's pretty diverse. Right? I know mostly Florida kids, but there is some diversity on the on the roster. You got a kid from Puerto Rico, uh, looked like yeah. some minorities. So it looks like good good blend of diversity on the roster. Yeah, absolutely. We get guys from all over. I mean, we got we've got some guys from Puerto Rico in the past. The DR, um, a lot mostly Florida kids, but yeah, we get a good mix mix from all over. Do you guys get the state lottery? Are are you guys in with that with the tuition break for school uh yes we do yep how much does that help uh it it helps it helps quite a bit yeah yeah it helps with all our all our Florida guys for sure yeah those of us that worked at states that didn't have that uh always jealous of the states that did have that it makes a huge difference yeah yeah absolutely it does for sure and how many years have you been a recruiting coordinator uh this is this is my second year doing it. Last year was my first full year, just having having control of it. Um, I'd helped out with it in the past, but this was last year was my first full year doing it. Anything eye opening with that, having to do having uh, to take over for the first time? Yeah, it's a it's a lot of responsibility. Um, our head coach Colin kind of gives me gives me freedom to to do it, and um, he he trusts me, and I feel like. Uh, I'm getting a good feel of what kind of players we need to sign in order to be good here. And um, I'm catching on to it, but it's, it's definitely a lot of responsibility. Have you leaned on any other coaches that are in that position out there on, on some tips? Uh, I have. Yeah. Um, I've, some guys that I've worked with here at Weber and some guys I've known in the past. Um, and then I rely on Colin a lot for it uh, just cause he's been doing it a while and has had a lot of success everywhere he's been. So um, if I have questions, it's, it's nice to have him right there with me to, to help me out when I need it. What have been his tips to you on recruiting? Um, I mean, a few of the things he's we we look for in our guys is just making sure they're hardworking kids, they're good kids, um, make sure they've had some level of success at wherever they've been. Um, typically, if they've had success at a Florida junior college for a couple of years, we feel, feel confident about it, bringing them in into here at in our conference and our level that they're gonna they're gonna have some same level of success and hopefully we can get more out of them how are you balancing that in the fall because since you guys are transfer heavy with practice but also being able to see everything that you need to see um yeah yeah it is it is transfer heavy i mean the the fall is good for us i mean we we take it slow early on so we can we can work with our guys and, and spend a lot of time with them um it's always sometimes you don't know what you're going to get when guys just transfer in or where they've been been in the past. Um, but it's we we spend a ton of time in the fall. And um, I mean, I think that gives us time to get to know them and get to, and get to work with them. Have you guys started full team stuff yet? Not yet. No, we started uh, we start uh, here in a couple of weeks with full team practice um, right now. They're just coming in, lifting, conditioning and um, just getting getting some work in on their own until we get before we get going what is your lifting conditioning schedule for the week for those guys right now oh right now uh they're they're going they're lifting three days a week um and doing some conditioning with our strength coach and then they come in and uh do some team conditioning uh twice a week just uh we want to make sure they're they're in the best shape possible before we start team practice and then going into the spring uh we feel like them, them doing that all fall kind of prepares us to get through the spring and hopefully into the postseason and out to the World Series 
we if we're in the best shape we can that we feel like that gives us the best chance for for success did you guys get through the spring with with not a lot of injuries yeah uh we knock on wood i mean we've been fortunate um to to have very very little injuries especially especially on the mound i think a big big reason for that is all the strength and conditioning stuff that we do um i think it prepares our prepares our players to stay healthy especially on those conference series you got 18 innings on on saturday and um it it helps them out a lot helps them helps them stay healthy so we had little very little no injuries so what's the pitching lifting schedule for the spring i mean how do they balance that out for those guys when are like say your start your starters on the mound when are they lifting uh, in the spring, it's a it's a little bit dialed back. I mean, we have they lift uh, twice a week in the spring, um, and it's it's just dialed back a little bit just because we're we're playing so much and um, those guys are are throwing a lot more than they are in the fall. Um, so it's I'd say it's about twice a week, and they come in on a third on a third day, uh, just sign in, get something light in, but. Um, that's kind of how we do it in the spring. So once you get through this first phase of fall ball, when will you guys start inner squad? And once you start team practice, uh, we'll start probably the first week. I mean, we give them a, give them a program, uh, to when they go in for Christmas for about a month, especially the pitchers. So that way they're ready when they come back. Um, cause when we start, start a lot earlier in Florida. So once we start team practice, we have about three weeks until our first game. So we get them, get them moving pretty quickly. Yeah, it's uh, it's Florida. It's a nice for yeah. you guys, and yeah. with NAI because you don't really have a common starting date, so you can you can yeah. get started when you need to. Yeah, absolutely. You find that helps you guys kind of keep guys in a good place on the mound because you can spread your games out a little bit more than some other places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the way our schedule's set up, it it helps our helps our pitching for sure. Um, just because I mean, you typically you're playing three on the weekend. You got one midweek and we can kind of space it out to where we feel like it, it sets up, sets up good for us. You know, coming off a world series appearance, what has been your conversations with your, your new guys, the guys this year, have you guys talked much about it or are you just kind of doing what you did before? Uh, we try, we brought it up obviously, uh, to them. I mean, it was, it was a big year for, for our program, but we also want to explain to them too, that that was last year and, and it's even harder to go back and do it again. And, and even make it further than we did. So they kind of know that it's it's a completely a new year, and um, it's great what we did last year, but we got to focus up and, and do whatever we can to, to get back there again this year. So how are you balancing then the varsity stuff within your JV responsibilities? Yeah, so we, we have a lot of kids. I mean, we, we bring in probably uh, 75 kids. So we've got a, a big JV roster, and we let we let our JV team get on the field – uh, the first week of school. So they're on the field practicing for the first five weeks or so while varsity is just lifting and conditioning. And then we kind of flip flop them that way. There's not so many guys on the field and they can, they can both get their field time. So. Do you have many guys that maybe start on JV that, that have an opportunity to, to jump up to varsity at some point? Yeah. So we've had, we've had some guys that uh, kind of surprised us actually the one of our guys, Dylan Martin, who was our Friday night guy on varsity last year, started out here as a JV player. It's like he came in throwing 79, 80 miles an hour and worked his tail off and ended up more like 85, 88 and threw 100 innings for us. So it it, uh, it happens. Um, and we've had several guys that, that end up getting better after a year or two and move up. And that's that's why we have it, too. We hope that some of our freshmen come in and develop and end up helping us. 
Oh, that's awesome. I mean, was it just maturity for him? I mean, did he come in with a frame that you could put some strength on? You know, what was yeah. his development path going from 79 to, you know, it's, what was his development path? Uh, he just – he stuck to to our program that our, that our pitching coaches had for him, and he spent a lot of time in the weight room over the summer. He put on, put on 20 pounds, came back. Um, and ended up his first year on varsity with us through thir about 30 innings did well and then came back the next year and and got even better and ended up all all his pitches developed he got a lot stronger was throwing the baseball harder and he, he ended up helping us a ton man I mean, we relied on him big time so it was cool to, it was cool to see that because he's a great kid and, and works his tail off so. yeah those are the guys that you pull for yeah absolutely you know, your path, you went to Daytona State coming out of high school. You know, was that your, your lone option, or did you look at some other places coming out of high school? Uh, I looked at a few other places. Um, I, I know I wanted to go to a Florida junior college. Um, I know it's, it's good baseball, and uh, I meshed really well with uh, Coach Tuma there at Daytona, and he, he showed the most interest in me. So I, I, went, I went there, and I loved it there. It's one of the, one of the best experiences I've ever had. So I'm Good, I went there. And then you finished up at Weber, right? Yep, yep. I I uh, I transferred to Valdosta State after Daytona, um, and then I went. I uh, left there after my junior year and, and came to Weber my last year. And then you moved into student assistant position. Yes. You yeah. Had a couple right of classes. That, you have classes left to finish up. Yeah, I had some. Uh, I had about a semester and a half to finish. Uh, so I I did that and then um, stepped into to the GA position, got my master's and, um, kind of moved up from there. When did Brad approach you about being a student assistant? Uh, tip right after the season was over with, um, sat down with him and Colin and they, we talked about me getting into coaching. Um, and at the time it was the only thing that I, that I wanted to do. Um, I want, I knew I wanted to stay involved with baseball and, um, they gave me the opportunity to do it. And it's, I've been here since, so I'm grateful they let me stick around. I mean, what did they see in you? Because not every player you coach, you're going to be like, ah, he, he should coach. You're, you, that yeah. might be like 1% of the guys that you coach. You're like, ah, that guy should be a coach. But what yeah. did they see in you that they felt like you were going to be a good coach? Um, They told me a few things. I mean, I, I come from, from a baseball family. I mean, my dad coached, has been coaching high school baseball in Florida for almost 40 years now. And, um, I think just my IQ and the way I played the game played it very smart. I feel like, and they felt like they could, they could trust me coming back and, and working with our guys and felt like I could help them. How was it playing for your dad? I was good. I, I love it. It's obviously, uh, it's tough. Cause you know, coach's kid, you know, you deal with all that stuff. Um, but, I, but I enjoyed it. Um, I, I learned a lot from him and take, take a lot from him. So it was, it was fun. Yeah, it seems like the high school guys maybe not that that playing because I played for my dad in college, but it, it seems like yeah. the high school experience maybe a a little better for guys because they're a little bit younger than than the college yeah. piece of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah. you know, you guys got hot at the end of the year. You know, th this past season, you guys kind of caught fire there at the end. Yeah, uh, we we hit a point in our season about midway through where we dropped some series that we felt like we shouldn't have. And 
we knew we had to to win down the stretch to give us a shot to go to get into a regional um and and we did that we got hot we won some big series um down the stretch probably the one against st thomas and warner both those those helped us a ton guys conference schedule is really good yeah yeah it's tough it's it's definitely the best nai conference in the country it's hard to hard to argue that so it's it's, yeah those are those are dog fights yeah absolutely every weekend you know do you feel like that helped you guys maybe having a little bit of pressure on you at the end of the year that you knew you had to to play well to give yourself an opportunity yeah yeah i think it helped us uh we knew we knew we were capable of beating anybody and also i mean you can lose anybody too we knew that going into those series that our guys just felt like you know we have we got to do it so they they stepped in we're confident and um did what we needed to do to give us a shot so and and going back to for people don't know brad neath hammer was the coach at at weber forever um start was the only coach there started the program at Weber when he when yeah. he got there started the program is now the athletic director he's done a lot with the ABCA he's on the ABCA NEI committee and still does a lot but how gratifying is it for for Brad even though he's not coaching like how gratifying was it for Brad this year for you guys to make the World Series oh I think he was he was really excited I mean I can see it all over his face and we were down there at St. Thomas and he he couldn't be be more excited. I think he's really proud of it. So, and he he started this, and all the hard work he's put into this program. Um, I'm glad we were able to do it do it for him too. Well, and you guys are fortunate. We don't have very many athletic directors that coached also. So, like he yeah. he's a dinosaur now in a good way that coached yeah. forever. So he knows exactly what you guys are going through on a daily basis, having to coach your players. Yeah. Those got to be easier conversations. Like if you're having, you know, issues with your guys or or whatever, or even if you're scuffing a little bit, got to be much easier conversations with him. Yeah, definitely. He he's been through it for so long, so he so he understands and gets everything. So it's it's great having him around and um, having having his support with everything. Once you guys finished, did you have to get right back into recruiting? Oh yeah, I mean. it never really stops for us. I mean, we're doing it throughout the spring and when everything's crazy and definitely throughout the summer is when it gets, gets really busy. Um, but yeah, as soon as, as soon as we were done, we were trying to, trying to find some guys to fill in for, for the guys we were losing and, um, it keeps going all the way around. So, so how many guys did you end up getting this summer that are on campus right now? Uh, we signed, we signed 11 new varsity transfers. Um, we didn't lose much offensively. We had to, uh, we had to replace a couple, couple big bats for us. One of our guys, Kenny Rodriguez, who was a, a huge, had a lot of offensive production for us, which he's, he's tough to replace, but, and some guys on the mound. And, uh, we felt like, felt like we brought in some good guys that we liked. I like with your, your spring roster, it looked like you guys were balanced. It wasn't like one thing over the other it looked like it was pretty solid offensively pretty solid on the mound and pretty solid defensively yeah yeah we want to be be very well-rounded um and yeah i agree we nothing nothing stood out crazy but we did a lot of things very well um and we that's how we want our roster to be how we want want the production to be and our guys did a good job you know from a development standpoint since you are you know you're still fairly young in your coaching career is there some new stuff that's out there right now that you're using just because you are a, a new coach? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I try to try to pick up on, on new things that I come across. Um, 
and Colin help, helps me a lot with that. I mean, he, he's got a, a very good old school mind of hitting too, but also he knows all the new stuff as well. And I, I pick a lot up from him. Um, and yeah, there's, a, there's so many things out there. It's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to not see. And I try and pick and choose different things that I feel like will help our guys. And there's a lot out there that I feel like doesn't. Um, so try to just pick up on new things as, as they come. When you say old school, cause I, you know, that term old school, new school gets yeah. bounced around a lot, especially on Twitter. But when you yeah. say old school, what, what makes you think old school when he's talking hitting? Uh, it's just a lot of, a lot of very simple, uh, approaches to hitting. I mean, that, that kind of get, get lost. It's not always a, a mechanical, mechanical thing. And just very like what you should think going into the box. What, what should, what should your approach be? Do you need to hit a ton? Like very, very simple things that I think get lost with these kids and um, that, that they need to do. So yeah. How are those conversations with guys? Cause you're going to have, I mean, they're going to bring all kinds of stuff in with them. How do you oh, help yeah. them yeah. kind of stay centered with, with what's actually going to help them hit in a game? Yeah, it's tough because there's so much, so much stuff out there, and these kids they'll they'll just watch videos on on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube, and they want to hit like Ronald Acuna and all this stuff. So it's it's tough to kind of get them away from that. And I try, we try and just show them uh, what we feel like will work for them because everybody's different. Like you're not going to go, you can't hit like Ronald Acuna or like Mike Trout. You got to do what works best for you. And we try to preach that to them and, and give them things that we feel like will help them. So once you get started with full team stuff now, how does that week lay out for you guys? Uh, we, we typically, uh, we, I mean, we practice Monday through Friday. Um, we, we try and enter squad two or three times a week just with, we can't, can't play very many games in the fall. So we try and have a lot, a lot of, a lot of scrimmages towards the end of the week and, um, towards the front of the week. I mean, we're hitting every day, um, doing a lot of individual defense work, um, just, just because we're only on the field for, for six, seven weeks. So we want to make sure our guys are getting as much work in as we can. When will you guys make adjustments with guys, if any, you know, through the fall, after the fall? When will you try to make adjustments with guys if they need it? Uh, we we try and watch them and pay attention to everything first. Um, I don't We don't want to, like, change anything mechanically or anything, just watching them for a couple weeks. I mean, we want to pay attention to them see what they do well, see what they don't do well. And after we've watched them for a period of time, then we'll kind of step in and be like, Hey, this, this might not work for you. You need to try this or vice versa. So how are those conversations with guys? Oh, they're good. As long as, as long as we've got some guys that are, that are coachable and willing to listen, uh, they, they go, they go pretty well. So I think they, our guys typically respond, respond pretty well to it. Yeah, you talked about with the, the different training with lifting. Is that with your position players too? Do they, you kick them back in the spring to two days a week from a lifting standpoint? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, just because they're they're on their feet so much and playing, we we want them to be be fresh and healthy, but also not not lose all everything they've worked for all fall in the weight room as well. So they're still still lifting, working out. Just we just want them to to be as fresh and healthy as possible too. How are you guys instilling competition within the program? Is it just through inner squads or are you, you doing any other things you feel like are, are good from a competition standpoint? Yeah, we try and we try and make them compete with everything. I mean, we um whether that's whether that's in the weight room or we're conditioning or 
maybe BP that day or in their bullpen. So we try and give them different things to, to challenge them and, and make them compete against each other. Um, I think that that's great for them. And it brings brings the most out of our guys. We feel like the more they have to compete and, and challenge each other. So like a competitive batting practice, what would that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, if we're, we're doing something where we're holding them accountable, it might be like a BP round of, situational hitting so see how many times they can execute these situations and make them compete against each other and uh just just make some focus up and on what we're doing i think that that's the biggest thing is making sure they have some intent and focus with with their work and that makes them makes them uh compete and they, they like doing it same thing in bullpens they're they're competing yeah, against yeah. each other with bullpens yeah i mean not all the time but i mean we'll have certain days where it's like all right you need to execute these pitches in these spots, this amount of time, make them, make them go against each other. And, uh, it makes them, makes them focus up. I liked horse in the bullpen. They'd, yeah. they'd play horse against each other in the bullpen just, yeah. for, just for something new. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything to make them compete and go at each other. I think, think's always good. How are you handling scouting reports with your guys in the spring? Uh, I mean, typically, we have we we've adopted synergy this year, which I think is going to help us. We haven't done that in the past, um, but typically, I mean, we don't we don't go off too many scouting reports. I mean, at at our level, I mean, we're kind of we're paying attention to to what guys are doing when we're playing them, um, and I think a lot of it at this level, it's very easy to pick up on what this hitter's trying to do or what this guy on the mound's trying to do. Obviously, after we've seen them once or twice, we can get a better idea of it. Great um, live stream but, option for NAI. Early in the year, I watch more NAI games on live stream than I yeah. do anything else. I mean, you can get a yeah. ton of information. It just yeah. seems like everybody live, live streams their games for NAI. Yeah, yeah, it's, it seemed to get get a lot better. So um, that's all always helpful, too. For, for new players coming into your program, this is for coaches that are listening in, what would you like to see more out of the, the new players that you're getting into your program that maybe they're not getting before they get to you? Um, I, I think we get a lot of guys that, uh, they come from really good programs, but there's not really any structure involved in their practices or they've, they've never really lifted before. They've never really conditioned before. Um, and I think just there, and there are a lot of programs out there that do a great job with it. I mean, guys, we get a lot of guys that come in prepared. They're coached really well. Um, I think just teaching them the game is, is the biggest thing to be surprised. Like we've had had some guys that are really talented come in, but they just don't know the basic rules of the game. Um, and I think if just, just knowing that help goes a long way and being taught that, I think it'll help them a lot, help them a lot. When do you start addressing that stuff with them in the fall? As soon as you get them? Yeah, right away. Um, we feel like if they, they know basic things that come up in the game every day, just, it could be very simple things as far as, if you're an outfielder, where to throw the baseball in these situations, where to, where to move around on the field as an infielder, where to be as a catcher. Um, some of these things get lost and don't, don't really get taught. And I feel like if we can do a bunch of basic things very well as a team, that'll help us win a lot of games. How did you handle the transition going from playing to then having to coach guys that you played with? Yeah, that, that was uh, pretty tough for me. Uh, just because I was, a lot of them were my good buddies and, you know, coming your first year coaching after just playing with them, they don't always, you know, will listen to you or respect you just because you're your friends. You know, you you played with them. I think 
it got easier for me as I started to not coach guys I, I played with. Um, for, for sure. It got Did a lot you set any that. guidelines with, with them? I mean, your teammates, cause I had to do the same thing yeah. at Evansville. I had to set guidelines with the guys that I had, had played with like, Hey, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I love you guys, but we can't hang out with each other. Yeah, I, I definitely had to do that. That was part of, part of our, our deal. And I, it was tough cause a lot of them are good friends yeah. and I just, I had to separate myself and I couldn't go out and hang out with them or go do this with them anymore. Just cause I mean, it's a, it's a big difference being a coach and a player. So I had to definitely separate myself. You know, as you're laying your recruiting calendar out for the spring, then how much time do you miss going to watch junior college games? Um, I see, unfortunately, the location where we're at, I don't miss a lot of time away from our team just because there's, there's so many players right in close in this area within two hours. So, I mean, I can, I can hop out after practice and go catch a junior college game at Polk state or, um, somewhere at South Florida state an hour away, you know? Um, so it's, it, I don't miss a ton of time doing it and I'm still able to catch all the players that I need to, and that I need to see. Did COVID adjust your guys recruiting at all? Are you guys doing things differently now than pre COVID? Uh, I wouldn't say it, we changed anything, but I think it definitely helped us. Um, just because there's, there's so many players available and everybody's rosters are so big. I mean, there's, there's guys at the four-year level that are having to, to bounce back and find somewhere else. So there's so many good Juco players that they don't, they don't have a spot at this division one or this really good program. They're, they're having to look to go to NAIs. And I think it's, it's helped us get, get better players and, and more talented guys for sure. Yeah. I, I think that it's helped every level of, of it, yeah. it sucked going through that for everybody. It stunk, but yeah. The, the positive byproduct of that is that every level of college baseball now from D1 on down to junior college is good baseball. You see good baseball at every yeah. level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of it too is all these guys are older now. So, I mean, you had guys that were in junior college a couple of years that didn't get charged any eligibility. So it's, it, uh, I think it helps the level of play and it's definitely, definitely better baseball all the way around. So when with your lifting, are they lift in the morning or are they lifting in the afternoons after you're done playing, practicing? Yeah, they're, li they're lifting in the mornings. Uh, we want them to, to get it out of the way uh, in the morning so that way they're not, not going in there after practice after we've already been out here for a couple hours in the sun. So How early do they go? In. How early? When's lifting start for you guys? Uh, they lift at 8 a.m., Two mornings and so it's not bad. Eight a.m., eight or uh, nine is not bad. It's not like the the six a.m. Uh, for some schools. So they're they're still uh, able to to get some rest in. Eight or nine would would be yeah. If you're gonna do early morning, that would be a good good time to do it. Yeah, that's not bad. We used to do it at the five thirty six a.m. Oh. But uh, we yeah we switched it up this year, so it's not bad at all. You know, what are some other things with your new guys that that you try to help them with the transition to to being at Weber? Um, yeah, I mean, we try and try and just spend a lot of time with them, make sure they're comfortable. They're obviously coming from all different places and, and different programs. And, um, we want our guys to get, get used to the way we do things here. And, uh, they, they catch on pretty quickly. I think we try and make them feel, feel welcome. And this is, this is a family here and we want them to, to feel good about coming here. And, uh, obviously, you know, for most kids going to an NAI is not everyone's first choice, but we feel like after they come here and leave here, they, they have a good experience. We, we want them to feel that right when they get here. So how did you handle failure as a player? 
Uh, not so well all the times. I would, I would, uh, I would be pretty tough on myself, especially if I wasn't getting any hits for a while, or uh, I'd, I'd want to just get back in there and, and work some more. But I, I get, I get frustrated. I get in my head a lot. But I try and it's much easier as a coach now to to realize oh, I probably shouldn't have done that as a player. I shouldn't have shouldn't have reacted that way. Um, oh, it's it's good to to see how I how I handled it back then and translate that as a coach and help help. Some yeah, how guys. are you helping your guys now deal with the failure part? Yeah, I, I just try try and preach to them. I mean, they're they're gonna fail. It's baseball. I mean, you're you're going to have your days where you go for four with, with three strikeouts. And um, the good thing about baseball is you always have, have another day to bounce back and it just takes one good game to kind of get back into the swing of things and, and get hot again. So yeah, I think the trying... re- reframed a learning more than, than failure, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. more of a learning opportunity and the game's trying to teach you something than yeah. it is a failure piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta have a short memory with everything. That's for sure. Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now was one of the best things that happened to you? Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, I, after leaving Daytona, um, I mean, I, I played every day there. I went into Valdosta and, um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily get the opportunity to play every day and I struggled there and leaving there. I mean, I, I thought I wasn't gonna play baseball anymore. I had one year left and, um, I called Colin, our head coach now, who was the associate coach there with Brad, and I, I wanted to come play, play back at home, and I, I knew if I came here, they'd have a, a good chance to win, and I'd, I'd get an opportunity to play more, and I did. I loved it. It was but coming to Weber. I mean, was the best experience I ever had in baseball. So, and now I'm, I haven't left here coaching since. So I'd, I'd say it's that a great be- example because you don't know if you stay at Valdosta, you you don't know where you, you wouldn't definitely wouldn't be yeah. at Weber. You wouldn't be at Weber right now. Yeah. There, there's yeah, no chance. Exactly. Like I love asking yeah. that question because it's like, okay, didn't work out there, but worked out here. And that was supposed to yep. be your path. Like what happened was supposed yeah. to happen for you. You were supposed to end up yep. at Weber. You're supposed to coach there. Now you get a chance to go to the world yeah. series, like all that stuff, th- that stuff does not happen if you stay at Valdosta. Yeah, exactly. So everything happens for a reason. And you don't know that in the moment, but I mean, looking back, it's like, yeah, I'm glad that all that happened the way it did you have any morning routines? You're still young, so you can you can still work off like three or four hours of sleep or whatever because you're <laughs> young. But do you have any morning or evening routines that you do that you like? Uh, I mean, I do. I, I've got a I've got a ten month old son right now, so he oh. he keeps me uh keeps me pretty busy. Uh, I mean, he's he's up at five a.m. every morning, so I'm always hanging out with him before I before I go into work and and in the evening. So he keeps keeps most of my time outside of baseball tough timing 10 months so you're white knuckling it during the season oh yeah yeah he was uh born last november so the spring was tough i wasn't getting much sleep then but we were we got through it what are some tips for some some new parent coaches to try to get through it because you're on the the first year the first 12 months are really hard but after that it does slow down but what are yeah, some tips yeah. for, for some coaches? Maybe they're going to have a, a kid for the first time to try to get through it. Yeah, it, it is tough early on. I wasn't sure how I was going to handle the spring. Um, but you just kind of get, get in a routine, find something that, that works for you. And af- after I did that, I mean, it all of it's kind of a blur now. It went by so quick. I mean, now 
now he's he's fine sleeping through the night and it's a whole new whole new world um but i would just say figure out a routine that works for you i mean you got to have a a good wife too that that can uh take some of the the pressure off you especially being in the middle of baseball season so what's your wife do uh she's a healthcare coordinator um for a uh, it's called a place for mom for for older people that they need uh need assisted living in their, in their home so how did she, she handle the spring uh it was it was tough for her it was a lot a lot came came back on her i mean because i was getting home late at night and um having to get back up in the morning and, and go but she 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 did great with it what did so, she what did um, you guys do for daycare uh so we actually have a um a local local high school girl that watches them three days a week and then my mom watches them a couple days a week too so we're uh, fortunate you got, to, you're lucky to have some, that yeah yeah fortunate to have some help so <laughs> that makes, yeah. it, makes a huge yeah. difference my wife and i were yeah. on, on an island when we were in harrisonburg virginia when jackson yeah. was born my son and we were nine hours away from anybody that we knew so uh, it was just, yeah. just the two of us trying to white knuckle it through when when he was born yeah that makes it tough for sure oh goodness gracious it's all the stuff but you know that's the thing that people from the outside that haven't been through coaching they don't realize the sacrifices that coaches and coaches wives make to to make it work because it is it's not like any other industry with with the amount of time that you guys have to put in for your program like nobody understands that from the outside looking in how difficult that is yeah it's definitely tough um you got to have a good support system and and uh it's it's tough for sure but i mean if if that's what you want to do and that's what you love i mean you gotta gotta find a way to get through it and um it's good though she she helps me out a ton i I don't know what i do without her so what resources do you feel like helped you the most when you first got into coaching any books or videos or anything that that you dove into that that you felt like helped you when you're a young coach um I think it was more, I was around a lot of good baseball people. Um, I think just being around my dad, being around Colin, um, another, another one guy I was around Andy Polk, who was our pitching coach here for a while. And he's, who is the pitching coach at South Florida state. Um, guys that just have been doing it a while and have been around kids and have done it and had a ton of success. Uh, I think that's, that's what helped me more than anything is just talking to those guys and being around them, see how they, how they uh, handle handle certain situations and in, in coaching. So your dad didn't try to I talk did. you out of coaching. Ah, uh, no, no. My my <laughs> yeah. mom and dad did. Yeah, they were like you. You're not gonna be able to live the lifestyle that you want if if you yeah. do this. They sat me down. We had a long talk. The the three yeah. of us. It was long. They were trying to yeah. talk me out of it. Yeah, my dad did tell me if you're gonna do it, you need to get into college, not not the high school. So, <laughs> which he's he's seen a lot in high school for, for almost forty years. What are some final thoughts or something I should ask should ask you that I didn't? Uh, I I think we covered it a lot. I I, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm very very thankful to have gotten this award. Um, just wanna just wanna say thank you to. Uh, Colin, who nominated me, all my family for support, and, and all our players that, I mean, wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to get it if they didn't play hard down the stretch and have a good year. So that's 
that's really it. Maddie, thanks for jumping on with me. It's good to, yeah. it's good to, to meet our, our up-and-coming coaches. That's why the game's in such a good place because we have so many good coaches that are just getting into this thing that are going to help carry the load for everybody else now. It's great to, to kind of hand the baton off to some of the, the new guys because that's why the game's in such a great place right now. So I appreciate you jumping on with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I had a great time chatting with Coach Saliba. It's an exciting time for the baseball industry with the amount of great up-and-coming coaches we have. Congrats again to Weber International Program on their first NAIA World Series appearance. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Jim Richardson, Zach Hale, and Matt West and the ABC Office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter and TikTok, Coach B underscore ABCA, Instagram, RyanBrownlee17, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you.